Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. Today, our guest is Crow Wing County Administrator Tim Houle. Tim, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. On the heels of Election Day, and there are going to be some fresh faces <laughs> in positions around the county. There are. And I also bet uh, we should take this time to say thanks again to all those that manned the uh, the the polling places because absolutely uh, these great people who go out and uh, serve as an election judge judge they put in a full day don't they, they put in a very f- a long full day on election they have to go to training in advance of that and so yeah special shout out to those folks who help make an election come to pass it's not something that just happens uh, requires a great deal of coordination the number of different ballots in Crow Wing County alone is staggering just mm-hmm. because of where school district boundaries go versus city boundaries versus mm-hmm. yeah. county boundaries. And so, you know, you have school district boundaries that uh, cross over into multiple counties oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pillager School District is a good example of that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, shout out to all of those. And then, you know, for me, uh, I think a shout out to all of those folks who were on a ballot and did not prevail. Um, We owe them a special debt of gratitude um, for their public service, uh, their willingness to put themselves out there on a ballot to help in our democracy to have a choice. That's a big, big deal. And today Mm -hmm. they're probably not feeling that great. And I just want them to know that uh, we owe them a debt of gratitude as well. To the winners, congratulations. We look forward to working with all of the different winners in the different uh, roles. And and we have a couple of new ones at Crow Wing County. We're going to have a new sheriff. Uh, Scott Goddard prevailed in that race. We're going to have a new county commissioner in District 2. Steve Barrows Mm. uh, pulled out that race. That is in the district of the retiring commissioner, Rachel Nystrom. Mm. And then in District 3, we had a bit of an upset. We have uh, the challenger, Bill Brecken, who defeated the incumbent, Paul Titi. That vote difference was only 85 votes. We've always said your vote counts. Counts. Your vote does count. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, District 1 Commissioner and District 4 Commissioner Rosemary Franzine. Uh, Rosemary was reelected unopposed this year. We have Commissioner Hogue and Commissioner uh, Coring, who will not be up for election until two years from now. So we had three races this year, and so we have um, two new people joining the county board in January. Very interesting. And uh, a lot of folks uh, turned out to vote. Not everyone, though. <laughs> Not everybody. It was a 78% of the registered voters in Crow Wing County showed up to vote. So that's really good. It is yeah. good. Um, and for, especially for a midterm election, that number is particularly high. Yeah. Um, Crow Wing County's got a good reputation, though. We turn out to vote. Um, it's a big deal to us. But to put it into some um, standard of reference, there are 48,000 people in Crow Wing County who are eligible to vote, <clears throat> but only 31,600 of them cast a ballot. Hmm. That means there's still a fair number of folks who stayed home yesterday. And uh, to those of you who are out there, <laughs> we don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but we certainly would encourage you to uh, you know, register to vote, get out in the election. This mm-hmm. is our, our right and our privilege as a citizen. So Absolutely. we did a great job, and we certainly still have a little bit of room for improvement. And it's democracy in action. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, what else is going on uh, these days? Uh, I know, Tessie, you had it in the news not too long ago. The This has been talked about for a while, but mm-hmm. there's a historic fire tower 
there in the uh, Pequot Lakes, Lakes Breezy Point area? Absolutely. We used to use fire towers all over the place. It was the way that the DNR uh, spotted forest fires. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so they constructed this network of towers up in the northern part of the state primarily to look for um, forest fires that were starting. They tended to be up on a hilltop where they had uh, a decent view, but then they were also 60 feet up in the air. Uh, and so those towers, of course, are no longer necessary in the age of drones and satellites and all of the other modern equipment. So they got closed and torn down around the state of Minnesota. The one in Pequot Lakes is still standing, and so Crow Wing County has purchased it from the DNR. We got the 40 acres around the tower and the tower for a dollar. One buck, huh? What a, what a bargain, That's a right? That's a good deal. Wow. That's a deal. Obviously, it's not in condition to be used as a tourist destination at this point in time, mm-hmm. but that is our long-term goal is to turn that into oh. something that um, tourists can use the tower and cool. climb up to the top again. There's many families, I think, in that area of the county in particular that that sort of a uh, um, a great family story that they tell about when they went to the top of the fire tower. And so sure. we're, we're hoping to restore that to make it a viable um, tourist attraction again. Okay. Is, Is there a timeline? Yeah, that's what that? I was going to ask. You know, it's going to take uh, some time for us to do that. I would say it's going to be over the course of the next year to two years where we'll see those plans develop. We're going to certainly try to maximize the degree to which we can bring in revenue from outside the county through grants and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And we know that there are a number of good community partners that are up there that are interested in seeing the development. So uh, I think it'll be a collaborative effort and it'll take a little bit of time, but we'll get there. It's kind of fun when you drive up north and you're heading that way or even south, I guess, for that matter. Now you see two bobber water towers and the fire tower. It's kind of neat on either side of the highway. So it's kind of neat. It is. I was driving down the road the other day and I saw a truck go by and he had already put on his snow plow for the season. And it made me think that, uh, well, we're going to see a lot more of those in the coming months because here we are in November and a little snow on the ground this morning. Yep. Of course, the county and all the municipalities also will be doing that. And, Tim, the county has quite a fleet of plow trucks, don't they? You know, we do. We have 18 plow trucks. Sixteen of them are assigned to routes, and two of them are spares or backup. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it it strikes me for a county 999 that that's really not that many. No. Mm -hmm. Um, 18 plow trucks. um, But they plow over 550 centerline miles of roadway. Wow. And that... Oftentimes, we'll require multiple passes Passes, because if the road is wide or it's continuing to snow um, or we want to get the ditches, you know, plowed back off of the shoulder of the road so people don't get sucked into snow banks. Mm -hmm. And so they are out there whenever we need them out there. They're dispatched as close to the end of the storm or when there is five inches of snowfall to effectively provide coverage. We have targets for when we want those roads to be plowed, how how soon after we would like to see bare wheel paths, uh, and we publish that report card for every snowstorm on our website. And so if you want to see how we did against our goals, um, we oftentimes meet them, and there are times when we don't. (laughs) When we have a particularly bad storm is usually when we struggle to meet our goals. I think generally your listeners understand that. If we get 12 inches of snow, it's going to be a different snow event than it will be with five. Mm -hmm. But regardless of that snow circumstance, always, always, always just remember to, you know, give the plow a wide berth. Mm -hmm. I can tell you over the course of my career, uh, unfortunately, I have been told too many times about tangles between snowplows and cars that are out on the road. And 
I have yet to hear where the car won. Yeah. <laughs> the snowplow always True. wins. And so yeah. be extra, extra careful. They can only plow the roads at about 18 to 22 miles an hour. You can imagine they've got these V plows off to one side. They go faster than that, and the snow throws them in the ditches. Wow. And so oh, yes, we yes. have to plow slowly. And mm-hmm. so when you come across a plow, if you absolutely have to pass, do it very, very carefully. And better yet, stay behind the plow. Yeah. yeah. That's the safest place, and that's the best conditions it at is. the moment. Is it right is. right behind the plow. Uh, snow and, or sand and salt. We put down a ton of salt, uh, literally 4,500 tons of oh, salt wow. over the course of a winter. And we now have it's, – it's just not your – the technology is amazing to me. We now monitor where each of the snow plows are. Uh, in the not-too-distant future, I would like to think that you could look on our website to see where how close the, the snow plow is to your house. Ah. That day is coming. But we also measure where we put down the salt, um, and then we go back and measure where the wheel paths were bare. Uh, and so – we very, very closely monitor the amount of salt that we put down, and it varies based on the conditions. Sure. So the information that we're tracking nowadays on that is just remarkable and helps us to minimize the the amount of salt that we put down to that which is necessary for those conditions. And I know you've said this before, but those snow poles are almost like driving a big computer oh, <laughs> down the road. I mean, there's the technology inside the cab. There's got to be a hundred different switches inside that wow. cab, and That's so a lot. Um, That's they amazing. the snowplow driver are doing a lot at one point in time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, give them a wide burst. Stay out of their way. And I've always been curious, do, uh, when do they start putting the plows on the trucks? We, do you know, is there a... There was is one there on a, one today. I well, saw. I know. I, I'm <laughs> sure they're ready by this time of the year. But, yeah. you know, summer comes, fall is here. Do they start putting them on right away? Or do they kind of wait uh, for... And then do you break a bottle of champagne over the first one with a plow on it, or how does that work? It's actually a tear uh, that winter is coming. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I, we certainly try to get ourselves outfitted by mid-October. Mid-October, okay. And it used to be, for lots of folks in the uh, highway maintenance field, it used to be later than that. Um, but now it's earlier than that for those of us who are old enough to remember 1991 yes. mm-hmm. and the Halloween blizzard. And yes. that caught a fair number of public works um, in departments a little bit short. Yeah, I would think um, so. Because yeah. it was so much snow so mm-hmm. early. And, you know, so the phrase in, in my tenure, uh, which has spanned most of that time period since, has been, never again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never again. All right. Tim, there's a lot of other things going on. Uh, deer hunting, of course, continues. And I know we saw uh, a, a press release, I believe, from the county about limited use on four-wheelers. Uh, anything else we need to know? You know, we love that our people are taking advantage of using Crow Wing County's public lands for hunting, and about 75% of all public land in Crow Wing County is managed by the county. So we love that people are out there using it. We wish our deer hunters luck and, and certainly, um, you know, Hope that they have a safe hunting season as well. So just a couple of things to keep in mind. On county land, you can't construct a permanent stand on county land, so we ask that you take the stands with you. We manage those lands for public forestry, and so you start pounding nails into those trees, and it gets to be a problem down the line. And so a portable stand, great, but take it with you when you leave. 
Uh, take any garbage that you have with you, anything that you brought in with you, uh, take it back out with you as well. Uh, and then for the use of four-wheelers, we would follow the DNR's restrictions on the use of four-wheelers on public lands. And so you can certainly use them to go and drag a deer out, but you cannot use them for recreational purposes on public land during the deer hunting season. Okay. So wish everybody luck and just want them to be safe. If you have any questions about what the rules are, uh, you can certainly give our land services department a call at 824-1010, 824-1010. Okay. Veterans Day is a Sunday, and I believe uh, that means uh, a lot of post offices and things like that will be closed on Monday, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct, as well as the county. We will be closed on Monday the 11th or the 12th in honor of Veterans Day. Um, Veterans Day, I don't know how many of your listeners might know that Veterans Day actually comes from the armistice of World War I. Yes. And so that armistice was signed on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. Mm-hmm. And so at that same time, we will be having a ceremony on Saturday, November 11th at 11 a.m. It's going to mark the 100th anniversary of Armistice Day. Oh, yeah. World War One. Yeah. The end of World War One. Um, and for those of your listeners who are, you know, quite up there in age, they might remember an Armistice Day blizzard, uh, a blizzard that was named after Armistice Day that happened uh, around here. And that was a huge snowfall event. Yeah. We're going to have the Veterans Day ceremony. We'll be at the All Veterans Memorial. It's available for everyone to visit anytime. It's located between the historic courthouse and the Brainerd Post Office. The ceremony will be on November 11th, Saturday at 11 a.m. So hopeful, hopefully po- folks can come out and uh, or actually honor Sunday. our veterans. Sunday. Sunday. Sunday at 11. Yes, yeah. Sunday at 11. Okay. Very good. Uh, last but not least, uh, I've, I've heard the uh, – um, uh, we saw this when we were looking at our monthly celebrations. November is Adoption Awareness Month, is it not? It is such a cool thing, especially for Crow Wing County. We have a lot of kids that are in foster care. We have a lot of kids that are looking for permanent homes. And so it is a pleasure for me to talk about Adoption Awareness Month. So far this year, we've had 45 adoptions finalized in Crow Wing County, and 20 more children are in pre-adoptive homes awaiting finalization. So kids that have you know had a tough break in life, in life, they were abused or they were neglected, and we are always in need of foster families to take them in when uh, their family is having a little bit of a stormy period. Um, but th- and there are 177 children in foster care in Crow oh, Wing wow. County oh, right my goodness. now. That's a lot. So we'd like to encourage those of your listeners who would like to become a foster family to give us a call at 824-1140. Uh, and congratulations to all of the new adoptive families that are out there. Um, and, you know, to watch some of those things, uh, those oh, adoptions yeah. occur is really uh, quite a special thing. Uh, and for all of those kids that were adopted out there, whether they came through the county system or not, uh, mm-hmm. congratulations. And um, all the adopted children, their new families, and, and, you know, just also time for the staff that do this work. I'm mm-hmm. always, always always amazed when I go and meet with them each year how someone could spend an entire career 
working in situations where the children they work with have been abused or neglected in some way. Yeah. Um, Special place, I'll tell you. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think there there has to be. If that's mm-hmm. not God's work on earth, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. All right. All right, so if folks are interested in, in starting the process, just give that number a call, 824-1140. Yeah, and if you're interested in being, uh, you know, Many times foster families will move from foster care into adopting. You never know. Um, and so it's been a special thing to watch over the course of my career. Those are special special people, special situations, mm-hmm. um, and my heart goes out to all of them. Absolutely. All right. Tim, thank you so much for being here today to keep us up to date on what's going on in the county. Thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy it, guys. All right. We'll Thanks, look forward Tim. to you coming back next month. Tim Houle is our Crowing County Administrator. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor, and that's today's edition of Community Focus. And I do want to remind that uh, you can now find Community Focus on our website, and you can listen to it at any time. Just go to 1067wjjy.com. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.